Hey, Pulsing Black listeners, this is your girl, Christine, coming to you with a topic, rather, <laughs> that is been on my heart and in my mind for about a week now on how we as Black people navigate scarcity. And when I started thinking about scarcity, I heard this buzzword, scarcity mentality, come to mind and I thought let me see what this actually has been previously defined as and why it's even relevant in my life today and how can I prepare a thought process that will guide us through what this has been in our history as black people, how it shows up in modern day life and what we can do so that this mentality does not continue to hinder the way we form, maintain, and sustain relationships in the Black community. So the scholar that I am, (laughs) I said, let me start with the dictionary. You know, the Webster Dictionary defines scarcity as the quality or state of being scarce, especially without provisions for the support of life. And I thought, wow, without provisions for the support of life. It seems basic, right? But makes sense because oftentimes we find ourselves lacking basic needs to support our lives. And then I went on to look up scarcity mentality. And I found that if you're a person with a scarcity mindset, you are operating under the belief that there will never be enough, whether it's food, money, emotions, or anything else entirely. And as a result, guess what? Your actions, your thoughts, they stem from a place of lack. Let's break that down. Imagine if you have been raised from a family that operated in scarcity. One or two things happened. You either were very creative and you made do with very little. For me, the most interesting stories I've heard in my life from people who were brought up from an impoverished background are recipes that they invented based on what was in their cabinets in times of poverty. And I love to cook, right? And so it's always interesting when people have told me how they cooked certain foods, how they mixed different ingredients to come up with a sustainable meal, how they would manage with whatever was in their pantry to make snacks after school. There is a certain creativity that is brought up or ignited or stirred up in us when we are in a very scarce place. There is another reality, though, that we must not ignore that people go through when they are operating from scarcity, and that is hopelessness. If you came from a background where scarcity bred hopelessness, man, that was tough because you didn't see a way out, you didn't see a way you could survive, you didn't see a way you could thrive, 
you didn't see a way out. And how do we, as black people in America, evolve from places of scarcity? I was deeply touched by the part of this definition that talked about scarcity of emotion. And I wonder what the author meant. Did they mean operating from a place where you're devoid of feeling? You're devoid of empathy? You're devoid of compassion? What, where would you have to be to be in a scarcity mentality space as it pertains to your emotions? We know that scarcity mentality consumes our mental and spiritual bandwidth as black people. That is brain power, creativity, goodness that would otherwise go to less pressing concerns, helping us plan ahead, problem solving, and that deprivation of the provisions to support your life can reinforce very self-defeating actions. It's not a surprise that the pursuit of happiness still eludes many black Americans as well as black immigrants who dream of making a life in the United States. We are constantly having to build the airplane while we fly it. What does that mean? Christine, what does that mean? I'm glad you asked. So when I think of my life and what flying the airplane while I am flying it, building the airplane while I'm flying it means, it is a time where I find myself either the first in my family doing something, in a space where I'm the only black person doing something, in a place where I am trying to overcome past traumas and address current triggers to said traumas and trying to be productive all at the same time. It is being in predominantly white spaces, overcoming the imposter syndrome while trying to thrive and be productive. What's the imposter syndrome? That is the belief that you are somewhere that you are not qualified to be, that you don't feel wanted that you don't feel safe, and that you don't feel supported. And how can you find yourself in these spaces, boardrooms, churches, neighborhoods, while you're trying to be productive, to be spiritually renewed, or to make a life for yourself while you're battling on one hand and trying to be productive on the other? Another place that I find myself building the airplane while I fly it is being an activist and advocate for social and racial justice as a first-generation black immigrant. I am doing what I did not see my parents doing. I'm doing it scared. I'm doing it not knowing my place half of the time. I'm doing it not knowing if I'm the right type of black voice needed in certain spaces. I'm doing it nonetheless. So somewhere along the way, something happened that caused me to overcome scarcity mentality. Something happened along the way that allowed me to believe, to believe, to believe that I had a bright future in this country. To believe, to believe, to believe that I could succeed. And I know exactly when that happened. When we moved to the United States 
1997, we initially lived as a family of four in a one-bedroom, one-bath apartment. It had what I think was maybe a full-size bed, could have been a queen, definitely wasn't a king, and a pull-out sofa with a bed in it. My parents slept in the living room, <laughs> and we slept in the bedroom. And I remember thinking, aren't they the adults? Don't they need privacy? I really don't even know why we slept in the bedroom. I don't remember asking, because... Maybe I thought if I asked, they'd change their mind. But looking back, my parents always gave us the best. Even from that small, humbled gesture of giving a 10-year-old and an 11-year-old a bed. And they slept in the living room. My parents were sacrificial superheroes. It never stopped. From then, my father worked very hard and... In about two and a half or three years, he bought us a brand new house. It had three bedrooms, two and a half baths, and a basement with a carpet in it. Now, there were no black kids in our neighborhood, and I remember telling him, we're not going to have friends here. It's in the middle of nowhere. But he said, this is a great place for us. And I believed him. I believed him. I believed him because... My father had a certain pattern of giving his best, no matter how scarce provisions were to support our life. Fast forward about, I want to say a year later, maybe a year and a half, um, he purchased a gas station business and we were his first employees. He instilled in us the value of money, how to make money, how to spend money, how to save money. And we believed him. We believed him. We believed him because him and mom had a track record of managing money, of creative ways they would come up with to make money in times of scarcity. And so what this tells me is that overcoming the scarcity mentality is not just a you can do it if you will it in your life. It's not just a matter of pick yourself up and overcome poverty. Why can't you overcome it? Other people have. It helps a great deal if you have seen a demonstration, a how-to procedure. Even when there was scarcity of provisions to support your life, it helps a great deal to have something tangible that you have seen, maybe not through your biological parents, but your village around you that made you believe, made you believe, made you believe that there was a bigger world outside of your circumstances. We don't have to look far back in history as black people to see why this is so important. Because one of our great leaders, Dr. Martin Luther King, he always advocated for the spirit of generosity. He preached against the scarcity mentality. He not only spoke on behalf of black people, but for all those who by virtue of their economic class and social status struggled to survive in what we know to be the world's wealthiest nation. I'll tell you what, the scarcity mindset is not always a bad thing. It can lead to evolutionary change and advantage. 
But let's not get it twisted. It makes escaping poverty and an impoverished mindset very difficult. There is no way you can invest in the future when your present needs are not met. There is no way you can have a positive mindset with limited money, limited resources, and an extreme focus dedicated only to short-term goals, making it extremely difficult to plan ahead. So, as a Black community, it pains me that we often operate from the scarcity mentality. Sometimes even those of us who believe, who believe, who believe that we can be great, we can do great things. For the Christians in my listening audience, we can do all things, right? We yet and still find it so hard to interact with individuals, black individuals who we deem to be successful, who we would want to forge relationships with as our mentors, as our sponsors, because we have been made to believe by one another, black people, that once one of us succeeds in a space, there isn't room for any more of us to succeed in the same space. I am embarrassed at the lack of resource sharing sometimes. It pains me because how do I pose a threat to my brother or sister who we don't even share a vocation if they were to tell me of an opportunity that could save me time, money, and resources and render me successful? I'm like, sis, you're a nurse. The closest I ever came to being a threat to your professional success was when I was a pharmacist for a hot minute. I am no longer a pharmacist. In fact, because I'm not even licensed right now, I'm at best was a pharmaceutical scientist. What the heck does it benefit you to not tell me of an opportunity you heard of at the credit union that could lower my mortgage interest rate? Why do we not insist on being vessels and vectors of information to prosper our community. It doesn't matter that you overcame the scarcity mentality in your personal life, in your nuclear family. You are not an island of a person. We are a people. We are a community. And we have, we have to share information. We have to share opportunities. We have to live and operate from a mindset of abundance. The abundance mentality flows of a deep inner sense of personal worth and security. Let me say that again for the people in the back and in the overflow in the lobby. The abundance mentality flows, flows people, is not backlogged, does not need a plunger, is not stuck, is not secretive, is not covert. It flows out of a deep inner sense. Hmm. Inner, deep, right? Not shallow sense of personal worth. My God, 
hallelujah in this place. Personal worth. Do you know your personal worth or are you just rich? You're just rich, right? Do you know your personal worth and security? How secure are you in what you are doing? So that telling me that your recent visit to the credit union gave you some information about lower interest rates on mortgages does not pose a threat if you share with me. You know, the abundance mentality is the paradigm that there is plenty out there and enough to share with everybody. It results in sharing of prestige. My God, my God. Prestige? You mean to tell me if I help a sister or a brother out, I am sharing prestige? That even sounds good. I need to do that right now. Sharing of prestige, recognition, profits, decision-making. Wow. It opens up possibilities, options, alternatives, and creativity. I mean, this is a basket full of benefits that seem to be endless if shared genuinely, genuinely in our community. I urge you, if you are listening today, look into your life. If you operate from a place of scarcity, ask yourself, where did I learn this? It could have been your environment growing up. It could have been later in life. It could have been that you simply fell in hard times and never recovered. Look around you. Are there people trying to extend a hand, but you continue to operate from a scarcity mentality and haven't received it? Are you skeptical? Are you suspicious of people around you who may be operating from an abundance mentality? Are you rejecting them? How can we help one another not only overcome scarcity mentality, but to adopt a mentality of abundance so we may thrive. Change your language. They say there is power in our words. Limit what you consume on social media and the contact you have with other people who may be perpetuating this mentality of scarcity. Surround yourself with people who speak life, who speak an overflow of abundance, and who share resources willingly with you. Change the social media handles and people and influencers that you follow. Follow people who are giving realistic advice, tangible, practical advice that meets you where you are. Let it go. Whatever in your life has robbed you of the abundance mentality, whether it be your upbringing, an experience, a co-worker, a neighbor, a family member, let it go. This fight is about you and it's about us as a people. There are many of us waiting for you to operate in abundance so you could teach us, you could share your beautiful talents and gifts, and you can uplift us. And guess what? The more you shift, the more you believe. You will believe you're worthy. You will believe that you're secure. You will believe that happiness is possible and you will most importantly believe in possibility.
Thank you for tuning in. It has been a true pleasure and honor to share with you today. Tune in next time for another episode of Pulsing Black.